G'day listeners and welcome to another episode of the Keeper League pod. We're the fantasy football podcast that uh, doesn't focus on the superstars, just focuses on the diamonds in the rough, the guys that are going to get you through in your Keeper League. As per usual, I am joined by my co-host Kays. How are you, mate? Very well, but sometimes they're both shit at fantasy football, but also really good at football like Dylan Clark on the weekend. Hef. Okay, we're going to jump straight into Dylan Clark, are we? I just love him. I just wanted to start the show with that. Okay, well, there you go. The Bombers won, mate. We're up and about. <laughs> we're back. We got yeah. a coach sacked. Get yeah, on board. That's pretty good, actually. Wish you got uh, Port Adelaide's coach sacked. We can use a favour in a few <laughs> When are we playing weeks. them? Yeah. Yeah. Done. All right. Uh, let's uh, not get into a Ken Hinckley rant straight away and uh, move on with some actual news for the week. So, uh, Rory Sloan, mm. he's done himself a hamstring case. Yeah, they keep talking about like he's going to play this week, which is very, very strange because they've actually used the word tear, not strain. So, um, we you know, have we you have know learnt, the crows do, yes, right? Yes, I was going to say, we have Good. learnt to not trust anything that comes out of West Lakes because a one-week injury is usually a six-week injury and, you know, potentially the other way around. So, um, he doesn't play this week. There's no way no. they're risking him. No I think way. he plays for the next three weeks because they have uh, someone, I think a winnable game after that or something that travels. I can't remember what it is. But then they got the bye. Mm. And so, I reckon they'll keep him until after the bye. Because if they yeah. actually want to play finals, which they, which they should, where they're at at the moment, you can't be risking Sloan just to play, you know, a game against GWS and then whoever else and, you know, injure himself more when, you know, they've got enough issues anyway. Yeah. So, I guess who comes in for Rory Sloan then? Well, Matt Crouch would surely come back if he's fit. He'd be the one that looks likely and probably helps out a lot of fantasy coaches as well. Yep. I want Patrick Wilson in the side case. He's carving up the sample every week. A bit like Jack Trengo over there. Yes. They're just both hated. Yeah. You know, get on with it, I think. That's basically what it is. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, hopefully we see something crazy like that happen before the bye. Uh, Brady Grundy hurt his mm-hmm. ankle. He actually was... Bad enough to go down to the rooms, but they reckon he should be fine. Now, I actually trust Collingwood's uh, medical staff. They actually tell the truth or most often, more often than not anyway. Yeah. Um, but if he's no good to go, then Mason Cox will come in. But I don't think that has any significance really on anyone fantasy-wise. Um, Lockie Whitfield, though, mm. that's a big piece of news there. Yeah. So, he's at four to six, isn't he? It is. Collarbone surgery. Mm. So... Who comes in there? Zach Williams, you think, would be the obvious replacement, right? Yeah. And obviously, Jackson Haley's been knocking down the door, as most people are aware in the NEFL. He yeah. just uh, keeps racking up. But you probably think yeah, Williams is likely. But, you know, even someone like, uh, if we're talking about bumps, you know, Perryman's a massive one who could um, jump up with Whitfield's departure, I think. For sure. I think uh, as well, Toby Green, there's something wrong with him as well. I think I read he had an injury as well. Didn't see this game on the weekend, but he spent a bit of time off the field. So, you know, there might be a couple changes. So, hopefully, Haley comes in and they do a bit of reshuffling. Be nice. All right. What's uh, the big one that's just yeah, come out, guys? Yeah, literally just 15 minutes ago, Dane Beam's gone for three months yep. with, a, with a hip. So, uh, his scores had reflected a bit of an injury over the last kind of month. He'd been uh, hardly anywhere near a ton. So, surely this means Braden Sire oh, is in. Surely. Surely. Now. I bet they'll just go back to the Rupert Wheels well. Nah, surely not. Nah. Surely it's Sire. Sire has been dominating the VFL. I think he was best on for Collingwood yeah, on the weekend. He was. So, yeah. I think uh, he had 30 plus touches. Yeah, yeah. The big bear deserves to come in and uh, yeah, strut around the AFL like he should be. It's Sire time. It is. All right, guys. Um, just brace yourself for this one now. Yeah. I'm going to talk about Jack Bowes. Yeah, nice. Um, so, I think he's done himself a mischief too. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Uh, I think it's eight weeks for Jackie Bowes. So, um, so maybe we don't have to talk about it for eight weeks. It actually does. I'll God probably, I'll probably <laughs> Maybe we'll do a Bowes weekly update of how he's progressing with yeah. his quad. Maybe we can uh, get him to call in or something. I'll actually try and hunt him <laughs> down. Uh, yeah, look, it, it probably actually, if we go in a bit deeper with this, it actually makes it troublesome to uh, think about what he 
he might be next year too because, you know, obviously had a few uh, slower weeks scoring-wise and, you know, obviously with uh, likely being centre-only status next year because he's basically in playing in the guts. Yep. You know, if he misses two months of footy, it doesn't leave him too much time to get back and, you know, potentially show his wares for next year. So it makes him a bit of a risky keeper proposition from being, you know, potentially someone who could have finished out a strong year and, and build from there. But now it, uh, it's risky. When we say the acronym in our league, K's NFR, mm-hmm. what does that stand for? Not fantasy relevant. Is Jack Bowes not fantasy relevant? Uh, anymore? He's pushing that way, but he has <laughs> been playing run with roles, um, but he's obviously quality player because they signed him for five years or something like that, I think, uh, last week. So um, they do have plenty of time for him. It's just It just makes it a tough, tough uh, decision to make come next year, but obviously we've got plenty of water under the bridge there. And you hope that Will Brody gets his chance uh, yeah, to come into this side because, you know, he seems to be too good a player to be strutting around the Neffel. Yep, definitely. I agree with that. Hopefully see Will Brody in this weekend. Uh, Jamie McMillan also got hurt in the weekend, but they reckon he's a chance to play. But I just did note in the VFL scores, uh, Paula Hearn had a huge game and they're talking about him on the AFL website that he could be uh, in the mix, I guess, uh, this week. So yep. hopefully he gets another gig because I like watching that guy play and he hasn't really had a great start to this season, but hopefully the second half he can bring it home. <laughs> Uh, Shannon Hearn's a big one. Uh, he's, uh, I think, a hamstring as well. There's a few hamstrings going around. Um, and they reckon uh, Josh Rotham and Jackson Nelson might be ones to replace him. Maybe Chris Maston as well, who had mm-hmm. a big game in the uh, waffle on the weekend. So, yeah, that uh, wraps up the injury report, the breaking news, and uh, we'll move on to the round rewind. It is time for the Round Rewind, the uh, segment where we go through every game and we talk about the Keeper League relevant players that uh, carved up or blokes that uh, didn't perform as well or, you know, anything we should keep an eye on. So we'll start with the North Melbourne-Richmond game and uh, we'll talk about uh, Ben Brown to start off with. He had 98 points, six marks, five goals. He can be reliable if North Melbourne are up and about. Now, Reshaw, is he the miracle man that's uh, just come into North Melbourne? Are they going to start winning games from here on in and uh, Ben Brown goes back to Coleman form or what do you think Case? No usually it's a bit of a roller coaster you know a coach gets sacked the coach comes in the team plays well for a couple of weeks and yep. then they go back to being what they usually are so um, look they did play pretty well to beat Richmond last week. There's no doubt about that. Just what actually, you know, comes of it in the future, I'm not sure. They're playing the Suns this week, so they've got another easy yeah. win coming up, you would assume, yep. unless they really choke up at Metricon. But, um, yeah, look, if he's kicking goals, like any key forward, if they're kicking goals, they're scoring well. So if you're kind of floating guys in and out of your side each week off the waivers, potentially Benny Brown's won this week up against, you know, a pretty weak Gold Coast side. For sure, for sure. Uh, Mason Wood, he had 92 points and uh, four goals. Now, we were talking last week he could be dropped and uh, mm-hmm. our mate uh, Lockie Hosey from the Sample from Glenelg yeah. uh, comes in and takes his spot. But I reckon that maybe might have put a rocket up at him up him this week. Do you reckon we scared him? He listens to the pod? I think we did. So, yeah, yeah he performed really well kicking those four goals. So, uh, yeah, maybe uh, maybe not uh, getting dropped anytime soon after that one. Well, looks similar to, to Ben Brown's style. You know, when they're kicking goals, they're scoring well. Yeah. But uh, I did see that Hosey actually 
actually scored or kicked a few goals in the in the VFL on the weekend and played really well. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about uh, Cameron Zerhart a bit later on in uh, the listener tweets as well. But, uh, yeah, 88 points, 11 tackles. He works pretty hard. Um, mm. He's still a bit inconsistent, still plays that kind of small forward role. Yep. And, uh, yeah, he's had uh, back-to-back good weeks, though, so definitely one to uh, keep your eye on. Uh, Sean Atley, he popped up with a 76. He had 23 touches. He had good form earlier in the season, but he's dropped off. He's still a handy streamer for me. That He's got that back-forward status. Um, so he can pop up here and there but one to really monitor. Potentially. He's just one of those guys that's very untrustworthy. And, you know, yes, you can say they're good streamers, but, you know, you can kind of guess when Ben Brown might have a good game when he's playing a weaker side, but it's harder to pick when Sean Atley might have a good game. So That's true. You know, but, you know, he's going to be one of those guys who are playing each week, which always helps. Yeah. Um, Especially this time of year, if people are playing through buys, um, it's always good to know that you've got someone who's uh, a guaranteed starter each week. Yeah, I think Sean Atley just having that dual back forward status is handy as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Liam Baker, uh, 90 points, 70 touches, almost getting too good. Uh, he's scoring <laughs> well without scoring goals too, and I love like small forwards or you know little blokes that can do this. He had five tackles, and he's having a really good season. He's only 21 years old too. So, uh, yeah, he should go okay. Absolutely love Liam Baker. He's yeah. a jet. So, uh, Sydney Stack, he had 89 points, 24 touches, and four tackles. He had a lot of handballs in that as well. So, he's another handy streamer with backs status uh if you've i don't know he's for ours he's still available in our league and i think he's going to be available in a lot of leagues out there oh, yeah. because he was uh picked up quite late so if you had your draft before he was actually on a list he's definitely going to be there so he's going to be a good one for next year's draft so just chuck that one in the black book uh, so you don't forget before next season because mm-hmm. uh he'll be a handy draft pickup uh jack higgins he only um had 44 this game so uh he's not having that uh big season like we thought he would no. so uh Cotton is, is he going to affect those midfield minutes? Potentially. Um, you know, I think Higgins has got a bit of pressure on his spot at the moment. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, because uh, someone like Jack Graham's been playing really well in the VFL as well. And, you yeah. know, they're kind of similar players or where they've been playing, you know, in their careers, that kind of small forward yeah. uh, pinch hit on the ball. Not saying Jack Higgins isn't going to be a great player in the future, but I just think um, potentially one of those guys that might need a rest. Just want to look at him. He doesn't scream fantasy superstar. You know, look, look at someone like Sam Walsh. He actually looks mm. like he's going to be a gun when he's uh, yeah. when he gets on a bit. He just looks to me just like another small forward. It's funny. It's funny. I watched uh, Sam Walsh on the weekend and he just gets to every single contest. Yeah. Like his work rate is massive and I suppose, you know, he's got a bit more responsibility than someone like Higgins. Yeah. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see, you know, maybe if, you know, another one of their mids went down, whether he gets a bit more responsibility. We didn't see it as much with uh, Cotchin out. But yeah. Um, yeah, like, you know, if you're talking long-term keeper league, he's probably in everyone's in everyone's calculations still. For sure. All right, let's move on to probably the upset of the round, uh, Collingwood versus Fremantle. Now, Kays, you had a bit of a look at this game? I did not. You did, Hef. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> I forgot who did the notes for this one. All right, uh, Reese Conkar, uh, 96 this weekend. What a man. Uh, 24 touches, seven tackles. Uh, still too inconsistent for my liking. Uh, really? And- well, I think so. I, I'm from, if I remember the stats I looked at correctly, he's still yo-yoing a fair bit. And I think he's only around the high 70s mark, low 80s. Is he's that 76 correct? this yeah, year. that's right. Yeah. So, uh, for me, that just offers nothing as a midfielder. That's as a midfielder. Doesn't, yeah, yeah, sure. Those kind of blokes. It really depends on how you know deep your league is and stuff like yeah, that. Oh, you yeah, know, of course. He'd be starting in my team every week, but my team's <laughs> a bloody car crash this year. So, um, But I think, yeah. He's one of those guys that you kind of bring in each year. He might not ever be a keeper in a league, but he's a great one to take early because you do know, especially now he's found his good uh, role at Fremantle that you can kind of play him each week. And, you know, whether he fills the the 18th spot on your team or he's sitting on your bench, he's pretty handy to have there as backup. 
Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Nathan Wilson, now a guy I've owned for quite a while now and I hate with a passion. Uh, he's had two good weeks in a row now, but he had 26 touches and what I found really you know, awesome about this score mm. this week, 24 of those 93 fantasy points that he got, so 24 of the, those sorry stats, those were kicks out of those yeah. touches. So, um, yeah, back-to-back big scores. Still can't trust him. <laughs> oh, Still no. not there. He's played that magnificent game last week that I watched and obviously he continued on, on the weekend. If he's if they're actually using the ball through him, he's a bloody weapon, yeah. like real football and fantasy football. But as you said, you just don't know what ever happens with no. Roth the boss. Yeah, yeah. Everything can change week to week. Just 24 kicks out of 26 touches is awesome. Oh, yeah. That is genuinely yeah. fantasy gold. All right, uh, Rory Lobb, 86 points. Too good for this podcast, and we'll move on. Pass. Uh, Taylor Duman. Building. Duman? Duman? Duman. Yeah. I I think it's, uh, I think it is uh, Duman, yeah. Uh, But anyway, 77 points this week. Uh, Lots of marks across half back. Mm. Uh, Really like this kid. I reckon it's time to get on board. Oh, mate, we've been spent singing his crazes for a few weeks now. Yeah. Um, if yeah. he's available, though, you got to get him. It's time. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you yeah. can't be available in any pools any no. longer. You've got to jump. Uh, Andrew Brayshaw, 74 uh, from 82 minutes, um, playing a bit up forward this season as well, but we saw him kind of return to the midfield a bit more. Mm. Um, so, he had, like I said, 74 from 82 minutes. So, as a comparison, Fife had 107 minutes, I guess, their best midfielder. Yeah. Um, so, there's lots of upside here. And, you know, as an owner, I kind of celebrate these 70 scores like a ton because he's not playing a lot of time on ground. So, when he gets to that mark, uh, it's pretty decent for the amount of games home he's playing. And hopefully, I'm not sold on this, but I'm hopefully he can improve that that tank and start playing more time on the ground. You want to hope so. Yeah. Uh, Brody Majek, he popped up with an 80, um, 74 from his last five. So, it feels like he's been popping up in this podcast quite a bit over the last few weeks. Uh, so, yeah, he's been pretty handy if you've been playing him. Uh, if Mason Cox comes back in this week, which is likely, mm-hmm. uh, could affect him a little bit. But yep. that said, he still pops up here and there. So, again, try your best to stream him and he can uh, get you some decent scores here and there. He's still mobile enough to get around and, yeah, and get yeah. a bit of ball. So, yep. he's not one that worries me as much as some other uh, key forwards. Yep. Uh, Braden Maynard, he had another good score. Uh, 79 uh, this week. Very reliable this season and he's mm-hmm. such a good ball user and I really like watching him play. But for me, that just yeah indicates, and I said this last week, that job security is definitely there for him because he's actually one of Collingwood's most important players yep. uh, across halfback, back setting up uh, most of their scoring. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely get him if he's available. We preached it in the preseason and, and a defender you can kind of lock in for a 75 to yep. 85 each week. Yep. Just gold in, um, in keeper legs. He's going to be closer to 80, 85, 90 going on in his career I think hmm. Rightio GWS versus Gold Coast this is my game I'll just start off bloody Gold Coast had a stinker they had 11 players oh, score under 50 fantasy points how surprising points. Gold yeah. Coast is shit I didn't I know, know. Jack Bowes uh, for, for stats would have actually gone on to register a ton on uh, you know points per minute score oh, yeah. just you know if he didn't do that disastrous quad in the first quarter but you know we'll move on life goes on but Darcy McPherson is now officially too good for the pod Hef. Uh he's actually the 16th best forward in fantasy this year yeah, right. um, he's averaging 88 this season and 95 in the last five now I know the last couple of weeks you've kind of been like oh would you still keep him if he loses forward status which he will next year I'm jumping in 100% with no hesitation and keeping him because his tackle numbers are fantastic he's actually going to be a massive part of the Gold Coast midfield because there's really no one else that's coming in there that's yeah. going to steal his spot you know from now on He's obviously good enough. He does all the good stuff. Uh, plenty of kicks and, and the tackles are the big ones. So, uh, I'm all in. 21 years old and 
um, get on board if you if you can for sure. Yep, I'm happy with that. Even with uh, with losing the four status. Mm. Uh, Lockie Weller, 78 uh, on the weekend, and and he's not really playing a really horrible season. He's uh, actually averaging 82 this year, um, and I know there's been lots of hype around him because he went for pick four or whatever it ended up being um, to Fremantle. But look, he's um, I think pick he's two, pick, I think wasn't it? Pick two, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know he's building, and I think that. Uh, you, He's probably found it a bit tough, tough to settle into the Gold Coast, but you know, averaging 86 in his last four gives me enough confidence to think that he's going to be a, a decent scorer going on, and, I, and hopefully he keeps his back status because um, that kind of makes him a bit more relevant for everyone involved. Uh, Jeremy Finlayson. My he, man. Yeah, your man. He basically did it as, did as he pleased. 12 marks and two goals in 127 points. Yep. That's just the domination and obviously just proves how bad Gold Coast are. Well, there's just absolutely no way he's getting a good defender with Jeremy Cameron in the side. No. Nah. There's no way they're putting anyone half decent on him. And, and Jesse even Cameron just keeps kicking bags that too. That too. And mm. then they probably put someone on Himmelberg before they put someone on him again. So, yeah. I don't know. He's causing a lot of headaches for defences, but uh, a lot of uh, nice surprises for the fantasy owners out there. Oh, yeah. Like, if you look at it, he's averaging 80 this year, and he's a back forward uh, dual status holder, which is so, so handy, and averaging 90 in his last five. So, um, he's gone from, you know, being a, a risky hold to almost being a lock of a hold if you do yeah. have him, I reckon, for next year, uh, for those looking ahead. It's funny, just tooting our own horn a bit here. We did spruik him uh, pre-season about him being a good fantasy scorer, but we talked about him in a completely different role. He was playing halfback yeah. and not really <laughs> like, yeah. not that, no, Who would have thought he would have done this up forward this yeah. season, but he's been yeah, pretty amazing. Fantastic. Uh, Harry Perryman, he had another good score with 87. Uh, he's all of a sudden gone up to 82% owned. So I think last week he was about 60. So people have started jumping on board for good reason because he uh, definitely can play. And I just do like the fact that Whitfield's out for six weeks because I think that probably gives Perryman a bit more responsibility yeah. and can potentially bump that scoring up. So if you do own him, good work. And lastly, Isaac Cumming. Uh, after some good form in the, and some good scores in the NEFL, he had a pretty solid showing of 75 there. He's uh, he's one to just keep monitoring. Uh, 9% owned and with Whitfield out, probably maybe holds his spot in the side for for another couple of weeks. Um, so it could just be handy for a bit more of a bump just in um, you know responsibility opportunity there so uh, just one to monitor as well uh geelong versus sydney is the next game i'm looking at <sighs> looking at the geelong side i'm all of a sudden become very very worried about zach tui uh so he's obviously pushing 30 uh 64 on the weekend and he's only averaging 65 this season his marks are down, which is the big one, because he's never really been a tackler. So, you know, his 80 kind of average over the last few weeks, uh, over the last few years, sorry, has been, you know, based on kicks and marks and stuff like that. His his possessions are still all right, but it just all those other bits and pieces aren't coming. And that's a big concern to me, especially when they've got guys like uh, Tommy Stewart dominating and Jordan Clark. Now, Kays, I believe you were so concerned about him that you traded him out in our keeper league this week. I did. What'd you trade him for? Ben Ainsworth. Oh, yeah. Not the, not the worst trade in the world, but uh, you've obviously ran out of patience with him oh, even though he's only been back for a couple of weeks yeah and my season's gone to absolute shit so Stopping uh, up on kids I'm kind again. of looking forward to next year and uh, Ainsworth did did uh, impress me in a couple of his games before I got injured so yep. hopefully he can get back there and, and score a bit but look for me you know 
if I was pushing for a flag, yeah, you probably want a guy who has the ability to, to push 80s and 90s and stuff like that. He but could get back to that by the end of the season. He could be. Yeah. But I'm just a bit worried, I don't know, you know, because yeah, I think no, that enough. there's probably a couple of guys that have gone past him, you know. Yeah. Tom Stewart just keeps going from strength to strength. And um, Jordan Clark, who I'll talk about now, he looks like he's going to be a star, uh, genuinely, genuine star. Uh, 77 on the weekend. And I think he's definitely the one that will take to his role long term. So potentially he might just actually get a few more opportunities before Tui for the rest of the season. So, you know, if you're looking at him, he scored 77, 84, 95 in three of his last four games. So, uh, for someone who th- we thought might, you know, kind of take this year to develop and evolve, uh, yeah. he's coming on pretty quickly as a lot of these these new kids are from this super draft. Nope, playing well. Mm. Uh, Brian Myers. So, one we were pretty hot on early on when he was uh, absolutely dominating. He has just dropped off the last three weeks. He's uh, gone 46, 45 and 61. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm not really concerned long term. I think he might just need a bit of a rest and a freshen up. Yeah. Uh, potentially time to bring in Lockie Fogarty there. Knowing Geelong as well, they do rotate these kids in and out and so uh, it's probably about time. Yeah. And we've seen enough quality from him in, the, in that four to six week block where he was just uh, carving up to, to um, you know, keep him really. So, yeah. if you are a grind miners older, don't, uh, owner, please, sorry, just uh, make sure you keep on to him because uh, I wouldn't be too concerned in this drop off. Yep. Uh, Sydney looking at them, Georgie Hewitt, 102 from him and that's his second ton for the year. I'm a big Georgie Hewitt fan. I, I just do love how he gets around the ground. He does all the hard stuff. Um, plenty of touches. Unfortunately, he's a bit handball happy at times which uh, can affect his score but obviously Joshua Kennedy out uh, probably helps his, his role on the side but I think he's going to be leading Sydney's midfield for the next few years uh, once kind of Kennedy steps away and, yep. you know, it'll be him and Parker and a couple others in there. So, I reckon if you can get your hands on him, he's a, he's a mid-only this year. He was mid-forward last year, which made him a lot more valuable. But I've got a bit of time for George Hewitt and only 67% owned. So, uh, yep. one to look at if you do need a bit of a, a, a bit of centre cover coming in. Uh, the other midfielder from Sydney who is tickling my fancy is Ollie Florent. Uh, I'm actually enjoying his work in his third year of footy. He's averaging 71 this year and his last month has been pretty good. Like Hewitt, he's not very uh, highly owned. He's only 61% owned and he's one that I'd be looking forward uh, to bring in, you know, if you were struggling like myself, you know, kind of one you'd be targeting this year to, to kind of hope he evolves late this year, early next year, if you can get away, you know, give up for an older player who, you know, pushing for someone for a flag. He still looks like a child to me. He does. He looks like the guy <laughs> from One Direction, actually. But yeah. um, he – I just – I think, you know, give him another six months, you know, this year and then a pre-season and go again next year. I think he's going to be a, a bit of a player. So, if you can kind of um, lock him in ahead of next season, if you're, if you're looking towards 2020 already like I am, I'd be all about that. All right, we'll move on to the uh, Brisbane versus Hawthorne game. Yeah, okay, so. Three in a row for me, I'm on fire. Uh, Louis Taylor, 108 out of nowhere from him. Uh, looking back at him, you know, I was like, geez, I don't really remember him t- scoring too many tons. He's basically been good for one or two tons a year, except for his first year where he um, bloody stole the rising star from the Bont. I think he had <laughs> five right. or six tons that year. But you look at him and you go, always think small forward and, you know, uh, you know, points from goals. But what impressed me on the weekend was his 28 touches. You know, that's a serious ball magnet uh, ability. Potentially with Jared Berry out on the weekend, it might have just uh, seen him get a bit more um, midfield time. But, you know, we're also looking at bumps from Jared Lyons with 131 on the weekend there. So, um, it's always good to, you know, potentially have a check who might be floating in and out of sides when uh, people go out for injury, etc. And Louis Taylor potentially just uh, a bit more midfield time with uh, a couple of guys out. 
Yeah, I'm liking Louis Taylor at the moment and uh, just having a look at his uh, heat map there. And he did spend a bit of time um, all over the ground. So, uh, yeah, he might have uh, he might be seeing a few more, uh, I guess, a few more midfield minutes coming mm. uh, into the into the future. So, definitely have a look. Uh, yeah, some good uh, clearance numbers in there as well. So, uh, yeah, keep your eye on him, I reckon. Well, he's got talent. He won the rising star yeah, for a course. reason. It's just, I suppose, he got um, pocketed into playing that, you know, forward yeah. Small forward role, and that's where he's been stuck for now years. Chuck Rayner down there, and it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> who cares about that first 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 round draft pick? Um, Benny Keys, my boy, uh, fifty six in his first game of the year. He's always been pretty highly regarded in fantasy circles, and has played a fair few games, good games, I should say, in the Neefel this year. Yeah, I think he's just one to monitor because um, you know. He, Probably played a bit up forward on the weekend and, you know, if he actually gets that run through the midfield like I kind of hoped he would but yeah. didn't really expect uh, to come in and take Barry's spot straight away. But if he can hold his spot for the next couple of weeks, I just think he can, might be able to, you know, uh, impress a few people with his scoring ability because yeah. he's only 11% owned and the Lions are only playing the Blues this week. So, it could be a good excuse for him to get out and um, get piggy. Yeah, he seemed to be sharing the load with uh, Reese Matheson, and these blokes, I guess, were drafted in the same year, and I've always kind of, you know, pegged them into the same uh, mm. into the same hole. So they seem to affect each other on the weekend. But I think if one of those guys actually gets a full time midfield role, which yep. is likely, um, one of them will be good. Mm. I found so yeah. we just got to wait and see which one it's going to be. But yeah, eleven percent ownership. You know, he's he's worth a, a cheeky. Um, throw out the stumps over the next three weeks, especially if you're not playing uh, through the buys. Uh, James Warple, your boy. The guy that apparently is as good as Rocky, he scored 99 from 71% time on ground. <laughs> so, you know, good that's, as Rocky. that's pretty good. He's going to be just awesome going forward. That's mm. what I meant. Well, he's been very <laughs> consistent. He's averaging 90 this year. Genuinely will be a gun. But uh, the thing that is a question, what's his ceiling, do you reckon? You, you've watched him pretty closely. Yeah. You know, is he going to be a guy that can go, you know, 130s, 140s? Or is he just a guy who's a solid 110, at, you know, in the future? Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be like. I think what we're seeing now is going to be more reflective of his scoring. I'm not sure how he improves on his uh, scoring in any way. Maybe a few more touches here and there, but I don't think he's going to do heats more to like boost that score. Um, the what worries me mainly is uh, yeah, Tom Mitchell coming back as well. We know this midfield uh, role is uh, generally as a, a direct result of this, um, so we just have to wait and see how uh, this goes over time. Yeah, and for those who are challenging for a flag, there could you could do a lot worse than. Uh, throw a cheeky cheap trade out for Sean Burgoyne. He uh, had 91 points on the weekend, 36 years old. What a bloody jet. And um, I think if you're actually looking for a flag, he's been pretty consistent and actually scored well in the back end of last, uh, lots of late, sorry, in the late end of last few seasons, actually. So um, he's been good since his return from injury. He's just a super solid player. And, you know, potentially when you get to those, you know, last few weeks of the season, you just want the guys who, you know, who you know you can knock out an 80 or a 90 and, and lock them in and put them on the, on the on your on your team sheet instead of a guy who could go 30 or 100. And he's been given DPP and AFL Fantasy this week, so we might see something reflected in our Ultimate Footy as well. That's very, very handy. All right, uh, we'll move on to the Melbourne versus Adelaide Crows game. So the first guy I'm going to talk about is Rory Atkins. He had 107 points, uh, 27 disposals and 11 marks. He's averaging 80 uh, this season so for me not much value as a mid but he can spend time up forward so 
what I'm getting at is hopefully we see some DPP in future, but it's probably not enough time up forward to actually get it. It's probably more wishful thinking, but definitely keep an eye on him because when he does uh, go forward, you know, and if he does get it, he can spend a fair bit of time in the midfield as well and rack up these bigger numbers. So wishful thinking, I think, but uh, just keep your eye on him. Uh, Jake Kelly, he had 105, uh, 10 yeah. tackles. He was awesome on the weekend. Yeah, and uh, this, this is his second ton of the year. So usually it's a once in a blue moon score, but uh, yeah, I'm not jumping on anytime soon. But, uh, yeah, good to see a bloke like this scoring. And I oh, know he's got the potential there, but I think the role that the Crows have to get him to play that week to week That he needs to differs. play, yeah. It's yeah. never going to be super fantasy friendly all no. the time. So, so every now and then they can let him off the leash and someone mm. else can play a similar role and that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, it's just going to be inconsistent. Uh, Josh Jenkins, he returned to the side with uh, 89 points. Probably dropped in a lot of leagues. He uh, took seven marks, but only one contest- uh, contested. And it's kind of the reason why I think he got dropped in the first place is he wasn't uh, – well, Crows actually wanted someone who's going to lead up the ball take a grab and not run back to the goals yes he does work hard I get that but uh, I think what the Crows wanted is uh, someone to actually crash packs and take marks and especially if Tex Walker's not really getting too many touches either Um, so again I'm not sure even though he looked good on the weekend he scored pretty well Oh, Don Pike just seems to be so unpredictable at the moment see what he's doing with Bryce Gibbs and I know he might be available in a few leagues but I'd just be wary of Josh Jenkins at this point in time I think they need Jenkins to play against GWS this week, they need to stretch their the Giants' defence. So I'd be yeah. very surprised if he didn't. And yeah. you are correct. He was 89% drafted and he's only 66%, 66% owned now. Yeah. So, um, you know, available in a third of all leagues, which is pretty handy for a guy who, you know, has a pretty decent career average. Yeah, he's going to score pretty well. It's just I do not trust Don Pike with, yeah, what's going on with Bryce Gibbs and that. And, uh, yeah, might see him go out again. Anyway, uh, Jay Kennedy Harris came in as a late inclusion for Melbourne. He had 91 points and uh, a solid all-round performance on the night. I'm not sure if he holds his spot going forwards, and he's never averaged more than uh, 63 in a season. So don't be one of those people who sees this score and gets mm. sucked in and picks him up off the waivers because he's averaging 91 this season. <laughs> uh, not going to happen. Uh, Oscar Baker, uh, 87 points, 20 on disposals. Uh, he's a decent outside player. Hates contested possessions. Doesn't go near him. Sounds like what it you. Like. Yeah. Hey, come on. I was pretty contested. Uh, there's a uh, potential here, I think, though. One of those outside, one of those wingers that can pick you up, you know, and 90 points here and there. Never going to go huge, but uh, gets enough outside touches to uh, score well. So definitely monitor. He had 72 last week as well, so yeah. he's playing okay. It's just so hard to know who's in Melbourne's best side. You know, yeah, they've probably had a million players play this year. Like it's just obviously they've had been injury ravaged, but it's um you know it's always hard to figure out who might be in week to week. Yeah, of course. Uh, Christian Petrarca, he didn't completely suck this week. So he had 83 points. Now, Kay, I've got a question for you here. Mm. Do you think he is a worthy buy low target? <sighs> Depends what you're offering up, I think. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I, I just don't think it's worth it unless you're giving away peanuts. Yeah. Or you are looking to rebuild and you're happy to give away a, an older guy. Yeah, so I'm thinking. So that would be those, the only way. Be, but if you're trying to, you know, trying to get something out of someone for an equal kind of player, I think you're going to lose because you just can't trust him. But say, if, like my team, for example, mm-hmm. um, I've got someone like Heath Shaw who goes an 80s defender. You know, yep. is he worth a trade? You know, in that respect, for someone like Christian Petrarca, or do you reckon you can get more for Heath Shaw out of that? So you're obviously angling this at Pugs, who listens to our show I'm religiously. Actually, I have not offered a trade. I'm not. I'm <laughs> actually just using that as an up because he's the only player I could think of uh, on the top of my head. Uh yes. Well, I think this is Heath Shaw's last year, so of course yep. uh, you'd be crazy not to do something like that. Yeah. Um, oh well, Pugs, if you want uh, Heath Shaw, Chris Petrarca, just hit me up, mate. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, you have to be for an older player for me. Otherwise, I wouldn't wouldn't uh, think about it at all. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Tim Smith. Uh, he's had back to back scores in the 70, 75 this week. He's um, showing a little, but he's not really a fantasy type. He's a bit too tall, and uh, he missed a real sitter to uh, seal the game for Melbourne in the last quarter. So, uh, yeah, no, no good for me. Uh, Michael Hibbard. Uh, so he made his return, and he didn't have a huge score. He scored seventy two points, but it's a lot better than what we saw at the start of the season, where he was putting up forty. 50s and that sort of stuff. So I think he's heading in the right direction because before, so the game before he got injured, he turned up, big mm. game. Mm. Then he had 35 points in the first quarter, then broke his collarbone. He's come back, he's kind of underdone. He hasn't ran or hasn't played for three weeks and he's lost a bit of touch, but he's still come mm. out and scored 72. Do we think he's heading the right way? Well, obviously a bit, but I still wouldn't trust him. Yeah, okay. That's just me. But, you know, he's, he's 29 or something like that and, you know, there's probably a few better options out there, I'd say. All right, moving on to St Kilda versus Port Adelaide. The a, sellout. Uh, a Shanghai special for uh, Port Adelaide and a Shanghai shocker for not St Kilda. Not a seat spare in the house there. It's not about selling uh, seats, mate. It's more about those Chinese just advertising dollars. It's not dollars. sold out instead of saying it's a sellout. You say it every year and there's no one there. Oh, well, who cares? It's just because people like you just criticise it when it's not even about that. But it's, I think there yeah. is a lot of people on the, in the marquees. It's like an Adelaide Oval cricket match. No one cares about the footy. They go out the back and drink beers all day. For a couple of sing towels. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a junket. It's a junket for the players. It's a junket for the fans. How anyway. good's Rocky? Just, oh, yeah, I might play. <laughs> I might play. Nah, nah, too sore. And then frothies. Yeah, Genius. a few frothies. Uh, Jared Lena, uh, 116 points, 31 disposals and 22 kicks out of that. So mm. apologies to those who I said sell him or don't grab him. Uh, I thought, you know, Dougal, Howard, Cleary, Tom Cleary and Tom Jonas would all be in that defence and it would just push him out. But uh, And I didn't think there was a, a, a Port Adelaide side that didn't have one of Marshall or Frampton in it going forwards. But then again, we've seen neither of those. Dougal go forward and then uh, there's plenty of ball for uh, Jared Leonard to pick up across that half back line. So he's playing as a sort of hybrid type anyway. So he's not really playing tall. He's sort of playing like a halfback version of Justin Westhoff. Uh, big lad, take grabs, can move, can kick, uh, doing just all the right things. Beard. Yeah, pretty much. He, he will, he, Westhoff's going to retire soon, so we do need a new one. Mm. So uh, he could be it. Grow the uh, beard, Jared. Grow the beard. Yeah, so Leonard, if he's available, get him because he's probably going to stick around for a while now and he's going to score reasonably well. Uh, Riley Bonner, he had 93 points and he kicked three goals. Spent a bit of time on the midfield this week, but I just don't think that's going to continue when Rocky, Wines, etc. will come back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not going to kick three goals every week either. So, yeah, he's going to have to, and someone's going to have to make way for Hartlett uh, at some stage as well. So, I think he might be the one that goes out of those. I can't really see him ahead of Darcy Byrne-Jones or Dan Houston or any of those. So, I just yeah. don't know how we're going to get Hartlett back in the side if he's in it. I don't think you need Hartlett back in the side. <laughs> he's a vice captain. So, you've got to play him. You don't uh, have to. Yeah, well, you should. You play your best 22. Oh, I think he's quite good. You're just quite harsh on him because you used to own him and now he's a premiership player with the Hoofers. Um, didn't even know that. That's a fun <laughs> new fact to me. Actually, no, he didn't because he did He did his ACL and didn't play last season. Jesus, anyway. shit. You're like the <laughs> Port Adelaide PR department. Kane Corns. Uh, Tom Jonas, he had 98 points, uh, average uh, 68 this season. Uh, he's not far off being a reliable D5. If you can average that 70, I think that's enough to kind of stick on your field if you've got nothing better. Just, yeah. Especially yeah. in deep legs, just. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Xavier Dersma, is he too good for the podcast? 97 points. Oh, I think he's going to be a fantasy gun. So out of all the draftees, I reckon he's going to be one of the fantasy goers from this season in such mm-hmm. a strong draft. Not saying he's the best footballer out there, but he plays
plays the perfect game, and I've said this every week uh, mm-hmm. from the last week. I'm happy to say he's too good for the pod if you stop talking about him. Yeah, that's fine because he's had he's had 84 from his past five, and you know he might be the fantasy rising star come season end. Uh, Is that a thing? Well, no, it's not. Are we going to do those awards? We should do a fantasy, you know, mini pig. Yeah, sure. It sounds like- uh, Is he winning? He'd be, no, Sam Walsh should be winning. Yeah, it sounds like a little bit more work and I love doing work, so that's fine. <laughs> you've, got, you've got all the, you know, spreadsheet data <laughs> no, now. No, I can. But, um, no, what I'm saying is, you know, if you look at someone like Sam Walsh, his fantasy scoring is tapering off, whereas Dersmar is taking, taking off now. Still pretty so, solid. Yeah, yeah we could, it's just going to be interesting to see out of the draftees who's going to have the best fantasy score at year's end. Could go very close, I think. Strap yourselves in, listeners. Carl uh, Amon, uh, another good fantasy game. We've got Rockcliffe and Wines to come back into the side so mm-hmm. I don't know how this is going to go but we might be seeing a bump as a result of this um, I am a not a big Carl Amon fan um, as you're probably aware from the last few weeks so I probably I'm struggling to look at this from an unbiased uh, view um, I don't know if he's um, yeah, I don't know. If, I just don't know if this scoring is going to be viable with everyone else coming back in. Nah, the rock pig comes back in after the Bayern. Yeah, that's it for Carl. He doesn't really play the inside roles like Rockliffe and Wines does. That's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm battling with inside here, Case. You still got a, you know, you're still displacing people, and then they're displacing him because he's yeah. probably, you know, the bottom three or four players in that side. Yeah, okay. Uh, Dougal Howard, uh, 88 points and two goals. He took nine marks. Uh, someone to think about as a forward case because uh, as a defender, he's probably not someone to consider, but he's uh, kicking goals uh, and he's got a really nice set shot as well. So mm. he could add 12 points a game here just from playing up forward. So what do you think? I do like watching Dougal Howard plays. Um, quite a talent. Uh, Fantasy-wise, he's just going to, you know, it's just that tall-ish hybrid role. It's it's hard to peg. Uh, could go either way, but, um, you know, there's worse players out there for sure. Ryan Burton came back into the side mm. this week. Uh, he's going to be a solid 80 defender for a lot of his career, I think, um, if not even higher. But uh, I don't think he's any, anything to worry about at the moment. So, you know, a few people are thinking coming off injury last year, coming back into the side. Um, he's working his way into a new uh, new club as well. So that can also affect your fantasy scoring too. But he's doing fine by me. So, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be a decent scorer for his career. Nice. Uh, Jack Nunes, he was better this week. Mm. Uh, we kind of shut on him a bit last week. But uh, 80 points from nine in disposal was in a goal kind of playing I got. I don't know if it's because a lot of these uh, teammates were a bit crook from the old uh, Shanghai dumplings but uh, yeah we, he might have just had to pick up a bit of slack we don't know but uh, he played a lot better this week and scored uh, accordingly as well and uh, last one I'm to talk about is just Nick Caulfield so it's good to see him come into the side but the score of 36 and he was he was one flown over I think so uh, I don't think he was uh, affected by the uh, Kung Pao chicken so, <laughs> I don't know what they <laughs> ate Everyone was crook. Well, Port quarantined themselves in a hotel room for four days and eat only the food they bring from Australia, where I think uh, St Kilda were going out eating the street food. And Why doing not? Crazy things. You're going to lose anyway. Yeah, so exactly. you may as well enjoy your holiday. <laughs> so who knows? But anyway, uh, Caulfield, monitor him. Don't write him off just yet. But yeah, just a bit disappointing to uh, see him score so poorly in his first game for the season. Uh, I drank beers while watching the Essendon Carlton game because I needed alcohol to get me through the standard of football that was being played. But. One thing I did love was Dylan Clark. He uh, really played an awesome game. Uh, his VFL and underage form rolled into the AFL beautifully. 23 touches, 10 tackles for 109 points and shut down basically the best player in the league in Patrick Cripps. So I reckon he's given himself a nice extra month in the Dons lineup. Get him in if you can because he's. we've talked about him for you know most of the year as having fantasy pedigree uh, and it's great to see that he can tag and score unlike his older brother, Ryan. I don't think you can call him one of the best players in the league if you're getting shut down by Dylan Clark. 
Well, Patrick Cripps is leading the Brownlow <laughs> markets, mate. So that means he's the best player in the league. Yeah, he's barely got a kick in the last three weeks, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, but Dylan Clark's amazing. <laughs> okay, he's still like, Dylan Clark. Yeah, but it probably does actually mean that um, your boy Will Snelling probably might go on the back burner a yeah, bit because uh, he was probably a big chance to play before uh, Clark shone. He did uh, play pretty awesome for uh, Essendon in the VFL this week, though. Nice, get so, him in then. Yeah. Uh, Matty Guelphie had his best game for the year with 22. Um, with um, an even 100, sorry, 22 touches and seven tackles for an even 100, which is fantastic. He's kind of been scoring that 50 to 60 before this, so it's, he's a bit of a hard one to peg. I thought he might have gone on a bit more uh, about this by this time this season. So just one to monitor. He's a, a centre-back, which is quite handy if you do need some back cover and potentially gets a bit more opportunity at the moment with the, the injuries at the Dons, but uh, just keep your eyes on Draco Malfoy because he's uh, playing some good footy regardless. Yeah, like the look of him. Uh, and don't like the physical appearance of no, him, but no. you know what I mean. Hair dye colour is <laughs> disgusting. Um, uh, Kyle Hooker, sorry, and Michael Hurley, 116 and 111 between them respectively. They took 23 marks between two of them. That just shows how bad the Blues' skills were. So uh, don't get, you know, Hurley's always been a pretty solid scorer and, and Hooker's around the 80 this year, but don't expect those scores week in, week out because uh, the Bombers are coming up against some better teams who aren't just going to kick it long straight to the tall timbers back there. So um, while well, they did play well, just relax a bit there. Chill. And Jaden Laverde, uh, he scored 78 with two goals too. He actually looked pretty good. He led really nicely. He probably should have kicked three to four goals because he missed a, a couple easier ones. Had 61 points the week prior uh, in his first game back. And he's definitely going to get getting those opportunities because uh, while Stringer's out, um, they need a couple, you know, smaller medium forwards who can lead up and kick some snags. But he's one to monitor just at this stage because uh, I kind of just think he's or if he, you know, even if he plays for the rest of his career, he just looks like a 70 to 80, you know, average half-forward flanker to me. So, yep. um, you know, handy enough, but not going to be someone who lights up the fantasy world, I don't think. Yep. Uh, looking at Carlton, Matty Cruiser was the only blue to turn up, oh, and gross. SBS was the next best, and he only scored 89. Oh, so yuck. that's just how bad Carlton are. Um, good luck to David T taking over that rabble. <laughs> but uh, Dave Cunningham, he looked pretty good. Uh, he just looks a real handy player. Gets around the ground nicely and uh, has pretty decent skills. He uh, had 76 there and he's averaging 74 this year. And four of his six games this year have actually been 70 plus. So as a as a back forward, he's a pretty solid option. Yeah. Um, you know, basically because he's playing midfield and exactly. a fair bit of midfield. Yeah, so um, to have him as a back forward is um, quite good. And I reckon if you can kind of bring him in, he's won that. One that is quite handy because, um, yeah, as I said, he, he gets a bit of the ball. He's someone you hope goes under the radar a bit this uh, year yep. or um, he plays enough forward uh, mm. to actually keep his status. To keep status. his status yeah, because, yeah. you know, um, it's all about the, the status that uh, makes you valuable. And he has, He's actually owned by 78% of uh, coaches, so he's, yep. he's kind of not flying under the radar as much as he might hope, Hef. Yeah, and I mean I mean more so in people just not monitoring where he's playing on yeah, the field true. when they do the positions next year. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Kerno, he's uh, kind of building into the season, so he had a few injury issues uh, earlier on. He's um, scored a 75 on the weekend after an 85 last week. I've, I've just still got a lot of time for him. I do love the boy a lot. Uh, I think he's just one you've got to give time. While Carlton is still developing, I think in the next year or two he could take the next step. I thought it might have been a bit earlier, but uh, Carlton's poor team around him doesn't really help him uh, much at all. Well, I reckon he's going to go big this week because, uh, you know, obviously sack your coach. It's an obvious way to play better yeah. this week. Really good tactic by Carlton there. I think look out Brisbane, and I think Kerno's going to go big as a result of that. And he's in my side and we're not playing by, so that's just <laughs> how well my season's going. We can put him in the state of origin team. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Uh, so Will Setterfield and Matt Kennedy are 
horrible. Uh, they should be dropped. Yeah, get rid of them. Uh, Newman should probably be dropped too, even though he scores well. And Paddy Dow and Liam Stocker, I think they're going to be good. They just need time. So I reckon they'll get that time this year, I think. They've they'll, got it. They'll develop this season. And if they play Setterfield or Kennedy, they need to shoot themselves because they're just no good. That's my opinion. Don't shoot themselves, but you know, like- <laughs> You don't uh, have to beat that PC more, here, but, yeah, fine. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> look, they, they, that's bad by sauce. Anyway, Hef, finish us off. All right. Uh, Western, uh, sorry, Western Bulldogs versus West Coast Eagles. So Sam Lloyd, he had uh, 21 touches and uh, 95 points. Uh, 93 in his uh, last five with two tons. So he's uh, playing a very fantasy-friendly role. So um, he's only 20... Uh, He's 29. Oh, sorry, he's 29, yeah. yeah. So, it's tough to get a bit excited because he's not going to be around for a, uh, a long time to come, but potentially one uh, for people that are going for flags. Yeah. He just looks um, pretty solid. Like, he's, I've watched the most of the game on Sunday and, you know, he's just always been under the radar because obviously he was at um, Richmond for so long and he was a good player, but it's never a good fantasy scorer and he's kind of found a, a new lease of life at the dog. So, if you can sneak him in if you're in the hunt, I reckon he's one that's pretty handy. Patrick uh, Lipinski, he's yeah. uh, your boy. You talked about him last week. I Tell do. us uh, yeah, something about him. I was very happy with that and I thought with uh, a couple of those injuries that he might go a bit better and he, he went pretty well again, 81. He just looks a genuine player. So, if you can get him in, get him in now before it's too late because I think, uh, you know, come a month's time, he'll be... Uh, um, one that you know people are pretty keen on for this year and and for the future. Uh, Jake Waterman from the West Coast. He probably had the game of his life. He had 22 touches, seven marks, and three goals for his 104. Now another one of these guys you just got to be a bit mindful of because um, you know you see they scored 100 in their last game, but really this is a massive outlier. His um, big scores have been too far between. I just monitor him because he does have a bit of talent, but, you know, that kind of medium to tall forward is just hard to, to peg as to when they're going to score regularly. So, Unless um, you're Jeremy Finlayson. Oh, yeah, but he's he's a bit older than Finn, uh, He's a bit older than Waterman, so. Back on track. So, uh, <laughs> Cripps, the last player of the day. He's uh, 94 with two snags. was very handy. He's averaging 81 in his last five. Uh, are you a Cripps owner this year, Hef? You I am, it? and if anyone wants him, I'm ready to shut up shop for the season. So, if you want him, just come out with me some trades. But he's a, getting pretty yeah, cheap. really solid, you know, <laughs> F4, F5. Um, you know, if you're averaging 81, that's pretty solid. So, uh, can go low occasionally, but is pretty reliable. And, yeah, one of those guys you handy for your team if you're hunting a flag. His last five last year going uh, into the final series for fantasy football were huge. He was, you know, I think there was three tons in there and a couple of 80s and I think he went, only went low once in his last five so uh, yeah he can uh, fire at the right time Rightio that's it mate we're on to the twos news From the twos, the segment where we look at all the players in the state league. We're going to go through the top five from every state league that uh, played this week and, uh, yeah, go from there. So, Kay, let's talk about the uh, Adelaide Crows. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't a uh, whole heap to talk about, so uh, we'll pick uh, – I think we've only got four for them this week. But, yep. uh, yeah, tell us about some Crows players that well, were large. Yeah, big source, Jacob's return, and he scored 140 points, kicked five goals as well. So, they might have a few selection headaches this week as to who to pick out of Big Rob. And big source. Oh, I play O'Brien still. I don't know. Source just seems so slow and 
oafish these days. Well, so. they can't play both of them, so they've got to pick one. That's the that's the problem with him. Yeah. Uh, Dickie Douglas, he had 117, so he's probably sniffing around a chance at the a spot in the Crow side too. Yep. Your boy Paddy Wilson, 104 from him. He's uh, averaging 117 this year, so he's having a great year. Still chance, no chance to play. No. Nah. And uh, a guy you were a bit keen on a bit earlier on, I think, yeah. Hef, was Lockie Scholl. He had 96, so he's had a few poor weeks prior to that, but still averaging 79, so he can get the pill. If the Crows uh, ever decide that they want to actually get some outside run and some pace into their side, he'd be the bloke they bring in, but uh, can't see it happening. No. The VFL, Daisy Thomas hit back after a couple of Venos. Nothing yeah. wrong with that, was there? No, nah, I don't think so, especially when you play for Carlton. It's, it's not, two days not going to make you play worse. It was two days before, you know, like yeah. that's every person's, you know, Thursday night in country footy. Yeah. But uh, he had 131. Uh, Corey Wagner from the Ds, he had 126. He's probably sniffing around a chance too in the in the side there. Your man, Paul Ahern, 126. Uh, <laughs> Tommy Campbell just keeps absolutely carving up the VFL with 117. He's going at 122 a game in the VFL, just uh, crazy numbers. And Patrick Nash, 115, and a pretty solid average of 98 this year in the VFL. Yeah, James Rose in the NEFL, uh Rose, no, it's Rose. Uh, he had 141 points. Uh, he's averaging 113 this season, so he's going uh, pretty well. Could uh, see some time with uh, Kennedy uh, out of the mm. side too. Uh, everyone's favourite, Jackson Haitley, 137 points to follow his 139 last week. Some real classic NEFL numbers here, uh, averaging 118 this season. So Trade him to the Don so he gets a bit more of an opportunity to play. Daniel Lloyd, 126. Uh it's his uh, first NEFL game for a while, for the mm. season actually. So he had 126 points. Uh, Jacob Allison, uh, 121. He's had a huge couple weeks as well. And he's someone we thought might have come in uh, for a few of the injured uh, mm. Brisbane players last week, but uh, wasn't uh, the case. But he is uh, doing himself, uh, you know, doing himself no harm no. Uh, in the NEFL at the moment. And the last one, uh, Matt Buntine, 116 for an average of 101 this season. On to the waffle case. Yeah, Mitch Crowden, 114 from him. He's got to be close to a, a spot in the Frio side just keeps dominating each week. How boring, just reading out 100s week after yeah, week. I know. Bailey Banfield, uh, another pretty talented youngster from Frio, 104. He's averaging 94 this season. Chris Maston, 103 from him, uh, kind of what you expect from a, an older bloke in the waffle. Lloyd Meek, 92, but he's only going at 64 this year, so probably not as relevant. Big one. Yeah, Brum Brum, Harley Bannell, 89 from him on the weekend, so that's two good games back to back. Could we see him this, you know, this coming up? It's close, I think. Um, I don't think... I think Freo want to play him to actually get something out of the investment they made in him. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. But beating uh, beating Collingwood, I can't see too many changes to their side this week. Well, so. probably the good thing for him is Freo have the buy this week. So, go. he's got an extra game to hopefully Prove get a, another run in. And then, yeah, slot him in against uh, who they play in the week after. They're playing Port. Oh, there we go. Hmm. Um, that's right over there. So, uh, these are the uh, State League scores. We give you every State League player uh, who plays his AFL list, that is, uh, each week on our Patreon page. So, if you want to have access to those and monitor how your players are going in the twos, head to patreon.com slash pod. All right, next up is the captain's call. All 
Alright, uh, it's time for the captain's call. The segment when we look at the uh, the less obvious captain options and uh, pull a few guys who are from left field as well. So, first up this week, he's scoring pretty awesome at the moment. That's mm. Brad Crouch. Uh, you know, a lot of players out there kind of had him, had him on their list, not playing much last year, and they've probably got a few midfielders around him that uh, have covered his spot. But uh, at the moment, he's probably close to being number one in most people's midfields. Mm. So, don't hesitate to uh, put the C on him. Uh, averages 116 against GWS as well, so some pretty good numbers there. Uh, Basha Hooli's having a big yeah, year. So massive. he had 137 last week and uh, goes okay against Geelong, averaging 90 there, but I think we think the form's good enough to uh, chuck the C on. Mm-hmm. Pendlebury, real consistent performer against uh, yeah. Melbourne, 100 and 102 he's averaging at the G over his career, so one to look at. Luke Parker averages 100 against uh, West Coast, so that's another one to have a think about. He's been playing really well the last few weeks as well. Yep, and then I guess Kennedy out too. Mm. He's gonna he's gonna see a bump from that. Uh, Tim Kelly, one of the best players in the comp, I think. Uh, he's got an average of ninety eight against uh, Richmond, so I guess he's probably only played a couple of games against him. But uh, again, that form uh, at the moment, he's been a bit quiet last couple of weeks. But before that, he was going huge, and we reckon he's going to bounce back this week. Dusty Martin, can we start trusting him again, Case? You know my thoughts on him? No. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, the reason why he's in the list, though, is he averages 99 against Geelong. So, yeah, could uh, see him uh, go by his history and actually score some decent fantasy points this weekend, playing at the G2, which helps him, I think. Well, he has had three tons in a row. So, yeah. you know, he's found some form again, which is good. Yeah. Uh, still side bottom. Now, I would not be going near this guy at the moment with the captaincy, but just some good history against Melbourne also. And they're kind of left of field if you're really, really, really battling scraping the bottom of the barrel. Uh, Mitch Robertson, uh, he averages 105 against his old club, Carlton. So, hmm. yeah, definitely one to think about there because he could have a big week. Um, just going uh, deep here and on some guys that are in history. So, Bryce Gibbs has a really good uh, history against GWS. Uh he averages 107 against them. Uh, that's if he stays in the side. Uh, Alex Witherden, another one. Only played, I think, one or two games against uh, Carlton, but he averages 106 against them. Uh, we spoke about Mitch Robinson. Gary Ablett, he's got an average of 101 against Richmond and 104 at the MCG. That said, I think he's got similar numbers against every side in the comp. Yeah. Uh, the last one I want to talk about is uh, Joel Selwood as well. Another one that we don't really think about in terms of captain options. Mm. But, uh, yeah, he averages 100 against Richmond. So, another one that we might want to think going on some history especially if you're playing through the bye weeks you need someone who's playing and exactly. someone who could score well so yep. you might have to dig a bit deeper these next three weeks than you have previously yep so again if you are if you're struggling to pick or uh, we've got all this kind of historical data in a nice neat uh, table on our website um, and also we deliver it as a uh, spreadsheet to our patreon subscribers uh, again we'll plug the website patreon.com slash keeper league pod get on board that because that stuff's going to help you uh, immensely in terms of uh, your keeper league, and we saw a few. Uh, I saw I saw a bloke, I guess, tweet us in uh, who took advantage of a few of these uh, uh, projections and a uh, bit of our info to mm. play uh, the daily draft uh, fantasy. What is it, Moneyball? Moneyball yeah. these days, and uh, yeah, won a big payout using some of these uh, numbers too. So might be handy on the punting side of things as well. Case beautiful. Cash All right, in. Let's move on to our favourite segment: the listener tweets. Okay, final segment of the night, the listener 
tweet. So the segment where we get uh, get in touch with our listeners or our listeners get in touch with us and they ask us a few questions about uh, who we think is going to go big this week or who to put the captaincy mm-hmm. on or who to start and who to sit. But anyway, we'll get stuck in uh, at DJ Quinlan 75 asks, what are Darcy Cameron's prospects long term? Can they get even any more long term? He seems like he's been around for a long time. Yeah, I think it was, was it last year or the year before where everyone was like, oh, he's going to play. You yeah, know, finally. He was, a, he was a cash cow in, um, I suppose, a cash cow in. He's still, he's still in my team this year because, yeah. like, he's that chance. He's the next yeah. one to play. But uh, it, yeah. it's, it's surprising because uh, on the mid-season draft last week, obviously, Sydney took uh, Michael Knoll from uh, South Adelaide, I think it was. Yeah, and, it was. Um, he came in and, you know, they kind of said, oh, you, you know, you've got pretty good rock stocks. You've, stocks. you've got Callum Sinclair and you've got Sam Naismith and you've got Darcy Cameron. And the guy was basically like, oh, well, Naismith's, you know, injured a lot and we're unsure about Darcy Cameron. So, yeah. I'm surprised, you know, potentially Michael Knowles jump, you know, from SANFL obscurity to, you know, Sydney's number two Ruckman. So, yeah. uh, it's just confusing because he, everyone always talked about to have some good fantasy game, but it just doesn't even seem that he's on Sydney's radar whatsoever. Yeah, he pops up every now and then in the needful scoring too, mm. but never, you'd think you'd dominate that league if you're half if you're, decent. Yeah, if you're yeah. 200 centimetres, you should be dominating the needful. Yeah. Uh, so, it, in a roundabout way, I don't think there's much chance for him unless he goes to another club. Yeah. All right. Uh, at Kang Daddy, uh, my keeper league doesn't play over the bye period. Uh, any guys with two to four week injuries you think are worth picking up now that could help me in the future, a.k.a. Dixon from Port? Well, Dixon's not injured. He actually is probably going to make his return through the um, sample this week, but I've just kind of picked out a few blokes that aren't playing at the moment and who <laughs> probably will be playing by the time we get back. So uh, for me... Uh, Dan Hanabry played uh, last week, so he's probably going to come in pretty soon. Likewise with Nick Natanui, he reckons he's pretty much right to go after West Coast bye. And uh, Hamish Hartlett will return. He was named last week, but uh, he didn't it. come inside. So, yeah, he just went over for a few froths. But, uh, yeah, so they're three for me. Kays, what do you reckon? Uh, well, Dom Tyson and Aaron Hall, you know, who knows what's going on there, but... Um uh, Tyson obviously hasn't been fit. Uh, potentially with the new coach, there might be a new new lease of life for a couple of these guys. So, yeah. Hall be- did stink it up in the VFL this week. Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, just want to monitor because you never know what's going on with the new coach. Um, Jack Graham, he's got to be close to a game for Richmond. Uh, he's kind of been the forgotten uh, soldier for them. Uh, so, he could be sniffing around a game over the next few weeks. Uh, Benny Ainsworth, um, we talked about him earlier. He's uh, probably got another month off. So, especially if you're talking about people you might be able to keep next year, he's one that um, is around the mark and one that just came to mind then Stephen May he's returning this week for Melbourne so uh, he's kind of always proven to be a pretty solid you know D5 D4 option with that 70 to 85 kind of range so um, he's one who can kind of go straight into Melbourne's side and be a pretty reliable backman for your side so um, those are the guys we'd be kind of thinking about I reckon all right, uh, Kays, what's the next uh, tweet? Rightio this is from Trav014 Dan Houston and Leanit Got to love kids like that coming through, don't you, Hef? As well as others making their debuts this year. Not all bad from Ken, surely. Finally got Lean It on my field the right week. All He's right. pretty happy about the, your two boys, Dan Houston and Lean It. So, first of all, uh, coaches have uh, recruiting staff there, Trav. So, uh, I don't think we can put all these uh, pickups down to uh, directly on Ken. <laughs> Hashtag save Ken. <laughs> Zach Ken. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I definitely got Lean It wrong, um, especially with the kind of the way roles have uh, shifted at Port Adelaide. I probably should have known better, but, uh, you know, that's what happens when you uh, get on in the years and start having kids you start losing focus but uh yeah any excuse 
excuse. <laughs> Houston, though, um, yeah, he played a lot of uh, midfield time mm. uh, this week. And again, with Rocky and Wines coming back in the following weeks, I don't know how long that's going to last, but I'm definitely liking his ball use. Oh, yeah. And I uh, just need to get it in his hands a bit more, and he can be a decent fantasy scorer. They were actually talking about him on the radio uh, on my way home from work today, and they. I think it was Treadway was saying he actually likes, you know, Houston in the guts because he actually can use the ball unlike everyone yeah, else that plays in uh, Port Midfield. So, yeah. uh, he might be one that can continue a trajectory up because um, he does use it well and they should be playing him in there a bit more. Oh, fingers crossed for you there, Trav. Uh, at Russ2468, I need to cover a donut in the back line this bye week. I'm thinking of dropping either Burton or Hooker to the pool for Finlayson. I can cover his round 14 bye. Despite his 116 last week uh, on my bench, I'm leading towards letting Hooker go. Thoughts? Well, I'd definitely be keeping Burton. Uh, I think he's the real fantasy kind of type. Mm. Uh, for me, look, Finlayson, Hooker, quite similar. I know Finlayson's scoring really well, but the type, both of them don't play super fantasy-friendly games, I don't think. Um, I would probably lean towards Finlayson out of a bit of bias, mm. um, but I don't think you're going to expect too much of a difference uh, going you know, f- too much in the future just because, yeah, that Finlayson plays that third tall forward role and then Hooker kind of plays uh, yeah, a, a similar tall role, I guess, as well. Um, I don't know, ju- just Finlayson because he's getting on the end of a few goals, but uh, I don't know. What do you think, Case? Well, upside, I think Finlayson's got a lot more upside. They're both averaging 79, 80, I think it is. But, yep. you know, Finlayson, I think, is averaging 90-something in his last five. So, yeah. you know, he's playing well and he's obviously he's a lot younger than Hooker. Hooker's close to 30, whereas Finlayson's uh, early-ish mid 20 so yeah. you know you're going to get a few more years out of him if you if you do decide on keeping him I think as well the you know I do worry about this, those goals like being a, the main source of his scoring but they're playing in a side that are scoring goals and yeah. should go deep in a September and flog a few teams as well Definitely. plus he's not getting any good defenders playing on him so no obviously they play the Crows this week which is a bit of a tougher game and then yeah. they got North so you know you could score a few fair few goals against North so if you you know playing those guys through those buys um, you know Finlayson might be the one out of those two Yep. Uh, at 17.7, like to hear your thoughts on Zerha. Uh, yeah, I talked about him earlier in the pod, but a uh, big fan of him. I like his work rate. I like his tackling numbers. Just uh, not sure where the rest of his fantasy game is going to come from, I guess. Um, so, yeah, just one to monitor. Uh, you don't see those blokes who get stuck up forward, I guess, scoring that well. They're gonna, he's going to need a bit more midfield time. But, you know, the way he does attack the ball, it could be something. It's not going to be out of the question for him. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty keen on him. I think he's got a bit of fantasy chops. Yeah. Uh, you know, it depends on where you're at this year. I wouldn't mind taking a, you know, speculative pick on him because he wouldn't have been in too many drafts. He wouldn't no. have been taking too many uh, drafts this year. So, he might be floating around a few uh, pools if you he, if he play in that. But I reckon I'd be quite comfortable taking him, you know, yeah. uh, mid-early mid next year if uh, he's around. He's showing good signs. Mm. Hood area you live in there. <laughs> Car screaming past if anyone heard that, if that was picked up on the pod. And last question is... From at Arbri19. Is it true that Kays loves Jack Bow so much that he also pulled his hamstring over the weekend at almost the exact same time, in fact? Also, when can we expect the triumphant return of the Hefola to the Cattery? All right, let's go with uh, your question uh, first. Now, did you pull a hamstring on the weekend playing uh, B-grade no, for Walkerville It has club been case? confirmed that there is no hamstring damage. It is uh, an issue with my piriformis muscle, which is a, apparently it's a sausage-shaped sausage muscle that sits <laughs> in your buttock and wraps around the sciatic <laughs> nerve. So, uh, you know, uh, I'll push through a bit of rehab over the next two weeks where I've got the bye over the long weekend. I should be right to go. First week back after that, Hef. 
Uh, when can they expect my triumph return? Yeah. Well, first of all, it won't be triumphant. It'll probably be very similar to your game on the weekend where I do something, uh, pull a sausage-shaped muscle in my butt. Uh, but, yeah, my footy days are, are cooked, mate. I'd uh, rather spend the weekend chasing the little fella around and uh, watching a bit of footy and popping out to the cattery every now and then for a beer and watching you guys do all the hard work. And a Kransky. Yeah, of course. How could I forget? All right. Uh, that pretty much wraps up the show, but we do have an iTunes review. Kay, do you want to read this one out? would love to. Uh, 92NJM Love the reviews from these two boys Very helpful from me Who is only newish to UF And I look forward to them every week Up the PCs Go the PCs Whoever you are um, And uh, the politically correctness um, Anyway <laughs> I'm, glad that, I'm glad that someone's uh, taking our advice And it's working out for them <laughs> Yeah um, That was a five star review as well So thanks heaps wow. uh, for that one um, If anyone's got any spare time out there And would like to uh, you know write us a nice little review They do help us climb the podcast ranks and help us get more listeners and grow our fan base and all that sort of stuff. So if you've got, you know, a minute, I think it takes to basically log into iTunes and uh, write one or you can do it on your phone from your podcast app. Uh, Yeah, it'd be a great help to us. So uh, thanks uh, for those people who have decided to do that. Legends. All right. Uh, that wraps up the show. So we'll plug the socials at Keeper League Pod at, uh, on both uh, Facebook and Twitter, uh, the Patreon page, all those fantasy stats. We'll be bringing back the breakout tracker. So you'll be able to see any player under 100 games and how they compare to uh, the best fantasy scorers in the competition at the same point in their careers so you can make a uh, projection on their trajectory in their fantasy scoring. Nice. Um, and the last one, I guess, is the... Uh, uh, website uh, www.keeperleaguepod.com.au we better push a bit of traffic to that one as well so wraps up the show Kay is any final words yes good luck to all of you guys playing through the buyers this week you're all crazy it I is actually crazy it. I would lose my hair if I had to do that nah. but uh, what, it's already, what's left of it exactly case? I'm thinning quickly <laughs> Ashley and Martin if you want to sponsor me I'd take it happily alright thanks for listening this week and we'll talk to you next week see ya <laughs>